0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is April 28th, 2021, In our first story, the FBI has searched the home and office of former Trump lawyer Rudy Giuliani, seizing electronic devices in an unprecedented move. The current administration greenlit the action against the previous administration, and Democrats are acting as though this is justice being served, while those on the right are saying it's political retribution. Either way, this story is shocking. In our next story, Joe Rogan is under fire for making comments about the vaccine, saying young people should not get it. Of course, this seems like more of an attempt to cancel a comedian who has a conversational podcast than anything actually serious. In our last story, CNN is being eaten alive by the wokeness that it has courted as they are now under an internal investigation for mistreating women. As they say, get woke, go broke. Before we get started, if you like the show, leave a good review and give us five stars. And if you really like the show, share it with your friends. It is the best way to help. Now, let's get into that first story. In what may be the most consequential story of our generation yet... The FBI has just executed a search warrant against Rudy Giuliani, searching his apartment and his office and seizing electronic devices. That is to say the current administration, a rival political party, has authorized the FBI to seize electronic devices and search the home and workplace of the previous president's former lawyer. Of course, the left will say. That Donald Trump's corrupt administration was protecting Rudy Giuliani from criminal prosecution. And those on the right will say this is retribution. But my friends, it gets worse as part of the investigation. It seems the feds are trying to find communications between Rudy Giuliani and journalist John Solomon of Just the News. This is not just a new administration going after the previous administration. It's even them going after journalists. Say what you will about John Solomon and what you think about his reporting and the claims made by the mainstream media. He is still a journalist. And just the news, the organization he runs, is even certified as credible by NewsGuard. Now, you don't have to trust NewsGuard because I do think they're biased. But this means that this is not some fly-by-night far-right fringe conspiracy website. This is an award-winning journalist who had worked, I believe, John Solomon worked for the Washington Post and the Associated Press, now being targeted by the federal government. This may very well be retaliation. But to me, this is all part of getting back on track. You see, this has a lot to do with what we're seeing over in Russia and Ukraine. Russia has been amassing troops near the Ukrainian border, and many are concerned war is coming. Now, what does that have to do with Rudy Giuliani getting raided? Well, the investigation has to do with whether or not Giuliani was lobbying illegally on behalf of a foreign government. And that may be the case, or it may be that Donald Trump didn't see Russia as that big of a threat and viewed China as a much bigger threat. Before Donald Trump got elected, there was an escalation in the tensions between Ukraine and Russia. In fact, I was even on the ground personally In Ukraine at the start of the Euromaidan protests, which eventually led to a separatist movement or civil war, as some would call it. There's some speculation that Western powers want to gain control of Ukraine to offset a Russian natural gas monopoly. And this ties into a lot. This is a big story. There's concerns that this involves Syria, and it has to do with U.S. intelligence interests in offsetting natural gas monopolies into Europe. It is through Ukraine that Russia controls about 80% of the natural gas going into Europe. Which brings us to Joe Biden. It brings us to Burisma, Hunter Biden's involvement in Ukrainian natural gas companies, and the Biden-Ukraine conspiracy, as it's being called on Wikipedia. The story is big, my friends. And this is where it gets bigger, because this is where we can see maybe there is no real. Look, if you're the president and you make a decision, it could come back to haunt you. What is truly the will of the people when the military industrial complex and the intelligence agencies have an interest in engaging in war? And it may be that they think they're fighting for the best interests of the American people. But is this? Is our government really going to represent the views of the people, or is it going to represent the establishment political class and what they think is best? Let's read the story about Rudy Giuliani, what's going on, and let me show you how this ties into Russia and how war may be, war may be coming. Before we get started, head over to timcast.com, click that big old members only button, and become a member to get access to the members area where you can see exclusive members only content from the Timcast IRL podcast. Becoming a member helps support my work and this show in the event we get banned because we talk about pretty spicy things. You can find my work at timcast.com so long as even that is allowed to exist. My, my, my friends, this story is, is really, really serious stuff. And I hope you understand the gravity of what it means that the, the previous president's lawyer is being targeted by the new administration. When Donald Trump was chanting, lock her up about Hillary Clinton, many people on the left were saying this is chilling. What do you think it is when the federal government goes after the, the previous president's lawyer chilling to say the least? So become a member at TimCast.com. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, hit the notification bell. Let's read from the New York Times. Federal investigators searched Rudy Giuliani's apartment and office. Prosecutors obtained the search warrants as part of an investigation into whether Mr. Giuliani broke lobbying laws as President Trump's personal lawyer. They say the investigators seized Mr. Giuliani's electronic devices and searched his apartment on Madison Avenue and his office on Park Avenue at about 6 a.m., two of the people said. Executing a search warrant is an extraordinary move for prosecutors to take against a lawyer, let alone a lawyer for a former president. It is a major turning point in the long running investigation into Mr. Giuliani, who, as mayor, steered New York through September 11th and earlier in his career led the same U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan that is now investigating him. Mr. Giuliani's lawyer, Robert J. Costello, called the searches unnecessary. Because his client had offered to answer questions from prosecutors, except those regarding his privileged communications with the former president. Quote, what they did today was legal thuggery, Mr. Costello said. Why would you do this to anyone, let alone someone who was the associate attorney general, United States attorney, the mayor of New York City, and the personal lawyer to the 45th president of the United States? I'll show you why. I'll show you why and you'll start to get it. The federal authorities have been largely focused on whether Mr. Giuliani illegally lobbied the Trump administration in 2019 on behalf of Ukrainian officials and oligarchs who at the time were helping Mr. Giuliani search for dirt on Mr. Trump's political rivals, including President Biden, who was then a leading candidate for the Democratic presidential nomination. Let me slow down right there. When Ukraine Gate emerged, where they accused Trump of trying to dig up dirt on Joe Biden, Joe Biden was not a contender for the presidency. He had not announced. Many on the left were saying, oh, yeah, but we all know he's gonna. Sure, I guess. But even when Joe Biden was running, he was not considered to be a leading figure. In fact, he wasn't doing all that well until a bunch of Democratic candidates dropped out. I guess the FBI knew that Joe Biden was going to run anyway. Which then, well, then the question arises why is Joe Biden not being subjected to FEC regulation if the federal government knew he was going to run for president? The reason many of these politicians don't announce they're running is because there are regulations on what you can do in terms of raising money. But if they knew that was his intent, doesn't it seem like he's circumventing election laws? Or perhaps there are establishment, political class interests in having Joe Biden assume the role of president and then to get back on schedule with our escalating conflict with Russia in Ukraine. Perhaps they go on to say the U.S. attorney's office in Manhattan and the FBI had for months sought to secure a search warrant for Mr. Giuliani's phones under Mr. Trump's senior political appointees in the Justice Department's repeatedly in the, in the Justice Department repeatedly sought to block such a warrant. The New York Times reported slowing the investigation as it was gaining momentum last year. After Merrick Garland was confirmed as President Biden's attorney general, the Justice Department lifted its objection to the search. That is to say, when the Democrats gained the executive branch, they greenlit the, the FBI to go after Trump's, uh, go after Trump's lawyer. While the warrants are not an explicit accusation of wrongdoing against Giuliani, it shows that the investigation has entered an aggressive new phase. To obtain a search warrant, investigators need to persuade a judge they have sufficient reason to believe that a crime was committed and that the search would turn up evidence of a crime. Spokesmen for the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office declined to comment. The investigation of Mr. Giuliani grew out of a case against two Soviet-born men who aided his mission in Ukraine to unearth damaging information about Mr. Biden and his son Hunter, who was on the board of a Ukrainian energy company. The prosecutors charged the two men, Lev Parnas and Igor Fruman, who uh, with unrelated crimes in late 2019, as a trial is scheduled for October. Let's pause for a second. Was Giuliani trying to dig up dirt on a man who wasn't currently running for president? Maybe. No, no, seriously. Maybe Giuliani working for Trump knew that Biden was likely going to be the main contender, someone who the Democrats viewed favorably, who was part of the, uh, the Obama administration, and thus had a good chance of winning. Or maybe Rudy Giuliani was investigating corruption, legitimate corruption. I mean, if you follow the reporting of Matt Taibbi, that may be the case. However, Matt Taibbi being, in my opinion, a great reporter, points out that Giuliani was taking a maximalist approach, looking at what Biden was doing and then assuming the worst. Does that mean that Rudy Giuliani actually had dirt on Joe Biden or had proof of corruption? No, it could be that he was making grand assumptions. But his intent may not have been to lobby for a foreign government. He maybe just thought something that wasn't true or took a, as Matt Tybee says, maximalist approach to this. Did you know fast growing trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. That's an additional 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. Fastgrowingtrees.com code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. They go on to say. While investigating Mr. Giuliani, prosecutors have examined, among other things, his potential business dealings in Ukraine and his role in pushing the Trump administration to oust the American ambassador to Ukraine, which was a subject of testimony at Mr. Trump's first impeachment trial. As he was pressuring Ukrainian officials to investigate the Bidens, Mr. Giuliani became fixated on removing the ambassador, Marie L. Yovanovitch, whom he saw as an obstacle to those efforts. At the urging of Mr. Giuliani and other Republicans, Mr. Trump ultimately ousted Ms. Yovanovitch. As part of the investigation into Mr. Giuliani, the prosecutors have explored whether he was working not only for Mr. Trump, but also for Ukrainian officials or businesses who wanted the ambassador to be dismissed for their own reasons, according to people briefed on the matter. Under the Foreign Agents Registration Act, or FARA, it is a federal crime to try to influence or lobby the U.S. government at the request or direction of a foreign official without disclosing it to the Justice Department. That may be the case. But here's what I find strange. Rudy Giuliani, America's mayor, the mayor of New York City, he was a political elite. Did he all of a sudden just have a change of heart and then seek to work against the United States? I mean, the conspiracy theorists of a long time thought Giuliani was part of the establishment political class. So what happened? I have no idea. But let me show you where this gets really, really scary. You don't like Giuliani, fine. You don't like Trump, fine. Maybe that's the case. But what about when the FBI is going after journalists for simply reporting on these things? The Wall Street Journal says Giuliani's New York apartment, New York apartment searched by federal investigators. this is where it gets really interesting. Mr. Costello said authorities arrived at Mr. Giuliani's apartment at 6 a.m. and seized his electronic devices. Mr. Costello said the search warrant describes the investigation as a probe into a possible violation of foreign lobbying rules. Mr. Costello said the warrant sought communications between Giuliani and individuals, including John Solomon, a columnist who was in communication with Mr. Giuliani about his effort to push for investigations of Joe Biden in Ukraine a columnist? Interesting. The Wall Street Journal the Wall Street Journal won't even call him what he is, a journalist. John Solomon runs just the news. Even just the news is cert- uh, even NewsGuard certifies just even NewsGuard certified just the news as credible. Now they have some issues with them sure, but they say they're a credible outlet. John Solomon may have been accused of being an opinion guy, sure. But to say he's not a journalist, to say this is not a violation of the First Amendment, this is, this, is, this is really scary. Now, I don't know what's to come of this. And of course, I'm already seeing far left Antifa anonymous hacker types, people that I knew for, for, for have known for 10 years or longer, are now cheering on the FBI. And it's really quite amazing, to say the least. To see these far leftists who for the longest time opposed the federal government now cheering them on. That's how you know things are getting really creepy and weird. But let's talk about what this is about. Let me show you what this is all about. Now, I can't tell you definitively what Trump was trying to do, what Giuliani was trying to do, what the current administration is trying to do. I can tell you a little bit that scratches the surface, as they mentioned over the New York Times. Giuliani was digging up dirt, they say, against Joe Biden over perceived corruption in Ukraine. There's a a Wikipedia article called the Biden Ukraine Conspiracy Theory. Interestingly, it's not a theory unless you frame it as the most extreme interpretation available. They say the conspiracy theory alleges that then Vice President Biden withheld loan guarantees to pressure Ukraine into firing a prosecutor to prevent a corruption investigation into Burisma and to protect his son. Although the U.S. did withhold government aid to pressure Ukraine into removing the corrupt and effective prosecutor, notice they say corrupt and ineffective. This is a propaganda piece. First, it wasn't the U.S. We're talking about Joe Biden. Joe Biden's the one who bragged to doing this. They say this was the official and bipartisan policy of the federal government of the U.S., which, along with the EU, the World Bank, and the International Monetary Fund, believed the prosecutor to be too lenient in investigating corruption. That all may be true. Absolutely. But let's look at framing really quick. They should say, although Joe Biden did withhold government aid to pressure Ukraine into removing the prosecutor, this was the official and bipartisan policy of the U.S. because they viewed him as corrupt. But if you look at the reporting of Matt Taibbi, he actually goes on to say there were real reasons to believe that this guy was investigating Burisma. Let me slow down. I'm not going to rehash the whole Ukraine gate conspiracy or whatever you want to call it. I'll just say I think Matt Taibbi is right. In his article from October 24th, 2020, Matt Taibbi says with the Hunter Biden expose, suppression is a bigger scandal than the actual story. Unprecedented efforts to squelch information about a New York Post story may prove to be more dangerous corruption than whatever Hunter Biden did with a crooked Ukrainian energy company. In the story, Matt Taibbi points out there really was an investigation into this guy, but that Rudy Giuliani and that many Trump supporters were taking a maximalist approach. I think Matt Taibbi is correct. I think what, what was happening with Joe Biden and his son was incidental to the bigger picture. Let me show you another Wikipedia entry. The Russia-Ukraine gas disputes or Russia-Ukraine gas disputes. They mention that uh, actually let me let me read very important line. Let me just read the opening paragraph. The Russia-Ukraine gas disputes refer to a number of disputes between Ukrainian oil and gas company, NAFTA's Ukrainian Ukrainian And Russian gas supplier Gazprom over natural gas supplies, prices and debts. These disputes have grown beyond simple business disputes into transnational political issues involving political leaders from several countries that threaten natural gas supplies in numerous European countries dependent on natural gas imports from Russian suppliers, which are transported through Ukraine through Ukraine. Russia provides approximately a quarter of the natural gas consumed in the EU, approximately 80% of those exports travel through pipelines across U- Ukrainian soil prior to arriving in the e- EU. What's important to understand is that it that a large portion of the gas going to Europe comes through U- Ukraine. What is this around 20% of all the gas they receive. So it's referred to by many as a, a gas monopoly or at least the Gazprom monopoly in Ukraine because they have 80% of the gas that's going, it's complicated. I'll put it that way. 80% of 25%, suffice to say, there are ongoing active disputes as recently as 2005, and it's resulted in large-scale conflict. There's another, there's another uh, pipeline, another conflict called the Cutter turkey pipeline. Long story short, Qatar wanted to run a natural gas pipeline through Syria and Turkey into Europe to offset the, the power that Gazprom had in Europe. I am oversimplifying everything. I'm probably only scratching the surface. But bear with me, this, this brings us to a much larger story. Well, it was reported, I believe in 2012 by The Guardian, that the US wanted Bashar al-Assad out of power in Syria because he told the US and, 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 its, and its allies and our allies That in no way would he allow a natural gas pipeline through Syria into Europe because it would hurt Syria's ally, Russia. This meant to us to a great degree, the West was beholden to Russia because of their control on natural gas into Europe. NATO and United States interests needed political influence and power in Ukraine to break apart the power Gazprom had, which meant new gas companies, new pipelines, anything they could do, which brings me back to the Biden-Ukraine conspiracy theory. I love how they call it a conspiracy theory. I don't think that Joe Biden intervened in Ukraine because he was trying to help his son. I think Hunter Biden was placed on the board of Burisma Holdings because Western forces the United States wanted influence in Ukrainian energy politics and the energy sector because we are dealing with conflict with Russia. So people who were working with the political class in the United States were granted these positions and were effectively working for the government in a private capacity. When it when it turned out that there were investigations into Burisma, Joe Biden intervened not to protect his son and not because the prosecutor was corrupt, but because it wasn't corruption in from the U.S. perspective. This is my opinion, by the way. I don't know if there's any is true. I'm just saying what I think scratching the surface and I could be wrong. I think the U.S. was like, look, we're a foreign country meddling in the energy affairs of Ukraine because we need access to energy. So Joe Biden, the EU, and the International Monetary Fund Fund intervened, saying the prosecutor was corrupt. What it really sounds like to me is the prosecutor was beholden to the Ukrainian people and not Western interests. At the time, Ukraine was being courted by Russia and by NATO. I believe, uh, not, not NATO, I'm sorry. They're a NATO ally, not a NATO member, but I believe, uh, no, no, it might, be, it might be NATO. They do also, many of them uh, in, in Ukraine want to be members of the EU because that would do wonders for their economy. Long story short, let's, let's, let's back up a little bit. It's complicated. I'm only scratching the surface. I'm probably getting a bunch of details mixed up and confused because I, I am by no means an expert on this. But you can see where these things start to, these, these are puzzle pieces that I have not yet put together for the bigger picture, but there's something here. We're now seeing an escalation. Russia amassing troops. There was some withdrawal from Russia. But that brings me to the new administration and them going after Rudy Giuliani. When Donald Trump was coming into into power after he won the election in 2016, we heard, uh, I believe the story is that Michael Flynn said to Sally Yates, he doesn't view Russia as the biggest threat. China is the biggest threat. The previous administration and many working the intelligence sector probably got worried because they had been desperately trying to gain power in terms of natural gas into Europe. Here's what I think happened. I don't think there is this is this is tough. I do think the political class in this country does view China as a threat. But I think their concern was for our allies in Europe. Donald Trump was a nationalist. He was less concerned about the European Union and more concerned about the American workers. There, there are especially, pe- you know, people in the Democratic Party deferential to China. Don't get me wrong. But what the European Union wants to do, one of the ideas behind the European Union is to form a massive power structure that can compete with the rise of China. That means the U.S. and European interests need to get energy into Europe. When Donald Trump started saying, no, we're going to focus on America and we're more concerned with China, many in the intelligence sector and the political class said, stop, what are you doing? We're not going there yet freaked out and are now going after those who sought to destabilize their attempts at gaining leverage in Europe. I don't know for sure. I am uh, uh, not heavily researched. Well, you know, I'll put it this way. I've done a lot of research. I've been on the ground. I have friends from Ukraine. I've, I've done some investigating, but I'm probably just getting a ton wrong. And I'll tell you this, the things I'm bringing up right now, I'm sure there's some like CIA or FBI guy like watching my show laughing like, ha. <laughs> Wow, you're like 5% of the way there, but you are so wrong, Tim. That's probably the case. Absolutely. I'm not going to pretend to know anything about what's going on with this stuff other than what's been presented in mainstream news, what other journalists have put out, what my sources in Ukraine have told me. And I think Trump was flubbing up the, the uh, political establishment's plans for how to deal with Ukraine and Russia. That's what they wanted. Trump was probably told, here's what you got to do. And He said, nah, I don't want to do that. I don't care let Russia do whatever, do their thing. Russia may not be the biggest threat, but I think the US was trying to gain power because they do view China, China as a threat in the long run. But I do also believe that US interests are hoping to placate China and sort of meld through trade lines, you know, uh, economics, our, our economies, thus there won't be a war. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't have access to private information. I couldn't tell you deep down what's really going on, but I can tell you, according to a Russian minister, U.S.-Russia ties are worse than during the Cold War. From ABC News, Moscow, Russia's top diplomat said Wednesday that relations with the United States are now even worse than during the Cold War times because of a lack of mutual respect. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov said Moscow stands ready to normalize ties with Washington, but that the U.S. should stop posturing like a sovereign while rallying its allies against Russia and China. Lavrov said if the U.S. shuns a mutually respectful dialogue on the basis of balance of interests, we would live in conditions of a Cold War or worse. During the Cold War, the tensions were flying high. And risky and risky crisis situations often emerged. But there was also a mutual respect, Lavrov said. It seems to me there is a deficit of it now. The story is from today. Now, it may be that what we're really seeing is the establishment political class and the intelligence agencies completely disagreed with Donald Trump on how to deal with global threats and global politics. Donald Trump, of course, wanted of the Abraham Accords, I think ultimately that was bad for U.S. U.S. special interests in the political class. Why? The conflict in the Middle East gives the U.S. pretext for sending military to this region and maintaining military bases. So long as Israel is under threat, the U.S. can say, but we have to have soldiers in Syria, but we have to have soldiers in Afghanistan. Donald Trump was like, nah, the American people don't want our soldiers there. And that's true. So the question is, is it long-term thinking, short-term thinking, who's right, who's wrong? I honestly, I have no idea. I don't think the U.S. has justified its presence in, in Iraq and Afghanistan, and I think they must. I do. I also understand the difficulty in not revealing confidential information to the American people that could jeopardize our interests and our way of life and also freedom. I know it seems cliche. You're Jelby Bush. They hate us for our freedoms. I mean, kind of. It's overly simplistic. But my concern is, in 100 years, will this planet— Be more classically liberal or more authoritarian? I don't know. I think we're heading towards uh, uh, hardcore authoritarianism. I don't know what the outcome will be from U.S. interests or from Donald Trump's interests or nationalist interests. I do know that what the EU has been doing is failing. Marine Le Pen is now gaining in the polls and is very, people think she's likely to win the presidency in the next election. That may be the case. The plans of the establishment political class and the intelligence agencies failed. And it's clear that if they didn't want Donald Trump to win, they did a really bad job of stopping him and the ideas coming from people who support him, in which case their plans don't work. So I don't know what to tell you. I can tell you I don't want to see a future dominated by Chinese authoritarianism, or I should say the Chinese Communist Party's authoritarianism. The people of China are fantastic people. It's the Communist Party. It's the political ideology that scares me. And we are seeing a hard, hard escalation that war may be afoot. Notice that the Russian uh, uh, Russian minister said Russia and China. That's right. From Newsweek, Ukraine, Ukraine President Zelensky is ready for war with Russia, vows to stand the last man. Ukraine would not stand a chance against Russia at all. Russia may not be the massive superpower it was in the Cold War, but they are still a massively powerful nation with nuclear weapons, and uh, they'll crush Ukraine. They'll do it through subversion, politics, and hot war. And what can Ukraine do to stop it? Probably not a whole lot. But the U.S. could come to the aid of Ukraine, and thus we see a proxy war which could potentially lead to full-out war between the U.S. and Russia. Now, I think Russia doesn't stand a chance for the most part, against the U.S. I do think no one will win in a war. It'll just be death and destruction. But when it comes to a clash of political power, I think the U.S. would absolutely crush Russia because of our, you know, expansive power, but not, not without great cost, which brings us to the great global Mexican standoff. It's not just Russia, mind you, but the U.S. may feel that it is more powerful than Russia and China individually, but together, probably not. If the U.S. makes a move against Russia and and the U.S. is damaged because of it, China then moves in. That's a Mexican standoff. If you're not familiar, it's when three people are standing, each pointing a gun at each other. Nobody wants to pull the trigger because the first person to fire now has their occupied, essentially. As soon as you pull the trigger, the other person can shoot you and you can't do anything about it. So nobody wants to make the first move. If China makes a move against Russia, China will be weakened. The U.S. can move in. If Russia makes a move against either of us, then either of us can move in. That's how it works. So what happens? Slow roll, a slow escalation, and probably an attack on our cultural institutions. You can't just declare hot war, but you can subvert So it's probably true that Russia does want to subvert the U.S. and interfere in elections. I think that's absolutely true. I just think not particularly effective. Now, China, on the other hand, much more effective. I think the reason we saw the narrative against Russia so much was because the establishment political class from before Trump was desperately trying to stop Russia and gain control of Ukraine. But Russia moved into Crimea, took it. And then in the U.S., Donald Trump won the presidency. And that was that. That was that. I don't know what the best course of action would have been. I don't think, for the most part, there's a bunch of mustache-twirling villains. I think it's competing interests, but I will tell you this. Joe Biden backs the racist and psychotic ideology of critical theory and wokeism, And if we have that as our core ideology then we do not deserve to have our ideas persist. What should persist is the core American ideals of the founding fathers and classical liberalism, which led to one of the freest countries on the planet in the history of the planet. But right now, the establishment is woke. And that means they believe in fascistic ideologies. And I'll be damned if I'm going to sit back and watch an authoritarian ideology take over. That means they will not have my support no matter what their plan is. So long as Joe Biden supports this psychotic ideology, which is destroying this country, so I can't tell you who the good guys and the bad guys are. I can tell you there's certainly special interests, complete com- co- competing interests. I can tell you too is it is insanely complicated, and everything I've told you may have just been a mishmash mumbled up of ideas that I don't understand because I'm far from the smartest person on this issue. So do your research, follow people like Matt Taibbi who know better than I. But I will tell you something: it is horrifying. What they're what they're doing with Rudy Giuliani. Now, I can tell you, look, if someone breaks the law, then they must be prosecuted. And if that's the case, so be it. If Rudy Giuliani was doing something nefarious, good. I don't care. It's not an excuse to simply say he represented the president to let him get away with crimes. But I don't know. In the end, it's all politics. It is all politics. And whether or not Rudy Giuliani did or didn't do anything bad, they're going after the previous administration, the previous president's lawyer. That's freaky stuff. And if we escalate beyond this point, it just seems like more and more. It's a it's a Jenga tower, right? The blocks are being pulled out from the base. It's only a matter of time before the whole thing comes crumbling down. That worries me. Because I don't want to live in a country ruled by the Chinese Communist Party or by autocrats like Vladimir Putin. But I don't want to live in a country a bunch of woke lunatics who are also autocratic, ridiculous cultists. It's not just one faction. It's a it's a hodgepodge mishmash, mishmash of chaos. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtubecom slash Timcast Check it out. We'll see you all then. And thanks for hanging out. All right. They got me doing a segment on the Joe Rogan vaccine thing. I normally don't care to talk about other commentators. You know, I've done a few segments talking about Joe Rogan and the issues pertaining to uh, Spotify and his podcast, because I think that's relevant to censorship. But right now, the big breaking news is that CNN and Vice and a whole bunch of mainstream outlets are going after Joe Rogan because he said something because Joe Rogan said young and healthy people don't need to get vaccinated or something to that effect. Let me just say in no uncertain terms, please. Look, Joe will tell you he's an idiot. He says it all the time. He has conversations with people. But I understand Joe is extremely influential. That being said, don't take medical advice from people on TV or in podcasts, or whatever. Talk to your doctor. You know, it's a big uh, hubbub controversy. The left and the mainstream media is is fear-mongering like crazy, and then you have a bunch of conspiracy theorist type people on, on, on the internet talking about just weird stuff, microchips or something. I don't know what any of that stuff's about. And I know I'm going to get a lot of comments from people on both sides. I'm going to get the left being like, why is Tim even entertaining this? And I'm going to get the, the, the you know, anti-vax people being like, you need to you know, go on, bit shoot, and do your research. Okay, look, man, just talk to your doctor. All right, if you're feeling sick, you talk to your doctor. If you want to know what's up, talk to your doctor. I do want to say these conspiracy theories are really, really annoying to me. All right. So there's a lot of videos that are going around about people who have gotten some type of vaccine injury because that happens. It's extremely rare. It's why Johnson and Johnson, I think it was Johnson and Johnson, right? They pulled, they pulled the vaccine because of a fear of blood clots. We live in an era where the media is trying to freak you out. First, again, just talk to your doctor. If there really was this crazy wave of people being seriously injured by, by vaccines, as the conspiracy theorists claim, wouldn't your local doctor see an uptick or something like that, which is why I'm just like the solution to everything is not to get your advice from Joe Rogan or for Fauci, for that matter, because he's just another TV guy. The guidelines come down. They go to your doctor. Your doctor tell you, will, will tell you what makes sense. And, and the other thing that really bothers me about all this, the CDC has new guidelines, right, where they're saying if, if you're vaccinated, you can go out without wearing a mask. And I just found that kind of weird because it's it's not relevant to people who don't live in cities. And it seems like the CDC's guidelines, or at least a lot of what what we're seeing in the news, is focused exclusively on cities. When it comes to local health ordinance, it's not the same thing. So that's why I'm saying please, the news will tell you things because they want to scare you. The news are gonna put up all these stories. Oh man, there was one, it was really annoying. Okay, the New York Post wrote a story where it was like a dude got vaccinated. The next day, he was dead. And it was like the vaccine had literally nothing to do with the guy dying. Then why write the story? Because people know that they're going to generate clicks, which is why I don't want to talk about Joe Rogan giving his opinion, which he's allowed to have, I guess. And it's because CNN and all these other outlets, my criticism here is the media. It's always the media. I wish... I don't know what the solution is, man. It's just, it's just really stupid and frustrating. And I, I think you've got people who don't trust the media and then they're going to go trust some random, you know, YouTube video or Bitchute video. And I'm just like, dude, just call your doctor, man. All right, all right, all right. I, I should probably tell you what happened because Joe Rogan said a thing. Anthony Fauci is coming out and saying a thing. Please talk to your doctor for medical advice and don't take advice from me or anybody else on a podcast or on the TV. Joe Rogan... So saith CNN, wades into the anti-vaccination narrative on his Spotify podcast. I love how they do it. Anti-vaccine. Joe said the vaccine was safe. So, OK, let me just read the story for you. Joe Rogan, one of the world's highest paid and most popular podcast hosts, is giving air to anti-vaccine narratives on a Spotify exclusive podcast. You see what they're doing? They are trying to get Joe canceled. It's it's. The Joe Rogan Experience, Rogan told listeners that if a 21-year-old asked him if they should get vaccinated, Joe, they say in the story, he he would suggest no. He said, people say, do you think it's safe to get vaccinated? I've said, yeah, I think for the most part, it's safe to get vaccinated. I do. I do. Rogan said on the podcast. But if you're like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated? This is where Joe goes on and says, are you healthy? Are you a healthy person? I'll go, no. He says, if you're a healthy person, you're exercising all the time and you're young and you're eating well, I don't think you need to worry about this. With all due respect to Joe, allowed to have his opinion, giving his thoughts on all these things. I, I, I think it's absurd that we ha- it comes to a point where this is just so dumb that anybody is taking advice from, from people on the Internet in this capacity. But the reality is they do. And I don't blame Joe for it. I don't blame that people who go on BitChute and make their videos. People are allowed to express their opinions. But I think we need to be more discerning. If you listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, uh, the experience—I'm sure most people listen to him—and many people disagree. I'm sure I'm a lot of people disagreeing with me. I've had people saying I'm shilling for vaccines or whatever, and I'm like, just talk to your doctor. I'm—I'm <laughs> I'm not saying yes or I'm just saying don't ask me. I'm just some dude on the internet. I defer to them. Now look. In many different issues, many different uh, uh, um, non controversial political issues, you'd probably give your opinion with no problem. When it comes to medical issues pertaining to like what you should do if you break your leg, most people are going to be like, well, here's what I think you should do. But I'll be honest, I don't know what to do if you break your leg. I'm not a doctor. Oh, I'll, I'll be fair. I did take, I, I do have basic first aid training. So I have a general idea of what you can do and how to apply tourniquets and, and tend wounds and things like that. But Why would I make a video telling people what my opinion is on these things if I'm not going to be able to actually give you good advice? There are a lot of people who go to YouTube looking for advice, and there are a lot of people who, because the mainstream media is such garbage, pumping out lies and trash, that they're going to turn to more fringe networks, and they're going to turn to word of mouth. And let me just say it again, and I'm sorry if it's just kind of beating a dead horse, There are a lot of these videos where they're claiming vaccine injury and all this stuff. And I get it. There's probably people who have experienced these things. If it really is a widespread serious problem, your local doctor who's been, you know, who's been tracking a lot of this would probably be like, oh, yeah, I'm getting an uptick in phone calls or something. And that's why I'm just like, why isn't that the case? Maybe in some places, I don't know. But why aren't there news breaking news stories of local doctors freaking out? That's why you should talk to your doctor. Anyway, they go on to say. Media Matters brought attention to the podcast episode on Tuesday, which was released on April 23rd. Ah, here we go. Since signing Rogan to a licensing deal reportedly with more than, a, more than $100 million, Spotify is no stranger to controversy spurred by the star's remarks. Rogan apologized in September for spreading misinformation about West Coast fires. And this is where I get really mad again. Joe was wrong. Joe was wrong when he meant, okay, so, so let, me, let me slow down. Joe was talking about fires, arson. And he said something to the effect, it's been a long time, that there were like anti people or like leftists starting fires. Everyone got mad because Media Matters or whatever, one of these organizations, claims he's spreading misinformation and it's conspiracy theories. And we saw people with guns and signs saying, you know, no anti-FON, stuff like that. And then Joe said this: he comes out and apologizes and says he was wrong, it's not true, you know, there's no anti-FOP starting fires. And I'm like, that was wrong as well. It was just one guy. It was one guy who got arrested for arson who had been associated with Antifa or, or leftist protests. You, you, the problem is we're trying to, to, to figure out what's true. And you've got a mainstream media that is hell bent on freaking you out to the best of their abilities. They want you panicked and scared. They want you freaking out and clicking the links and being ah, and getting all worried. And then you have people who genuinely get worried and are scared. who are going to make videos and freak more people out. So when it comes to Antifa, here's what happens. Joe was, he was wrong in the, pl- in, 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 in the plurality of the people starting the fires. But then he comes out with an apology where he says it's not true when it was st- there was still one guy. Okay, that's the nuance we need to know the facts. I feel, I, I don't blame Joe for it. Imagine being some dude on the internet just talking about your feelings, never having been a journalist or anything like that. And now having everyone expect you to know all the facts all the time. It's a crazy world we live in remnants of the wild, wild west era of the internet persist. Joe Rogan is one of these individuals. I, 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 I watched uh, some of the Joe Rogan stuff way back in the day. And I guess he talked about like Sasquatch and you know UFOs. And then he had more and more uh, uh, academic guests, smarter people. The show got bigger because it was fun. It was interesting. And then he becomes the biggest podcast in the world. And all of a sudden, this dude is a comedian hanging out with his buddies is getting hounded by everybody because he has too much influence. But I'll tell you this, the challenge here is that with great power comes great responsibility. So I don't, I don't know what to tell you, but I will say I, I really don't care about Joe's opinion on this stuff. I mean, I guess we need to build a culture of people who aren't just going to believe a comedian podcast host over his opinions instead of talking to a doctor. I got to be honest, I'm not a big fan of Fauci because he's flip flop quite a bit too much. And I'm, not, I'm, I'm like, I don't know what to trust. At least he's a doctor, though. But I'm, but I'm not going to go to either of them. OK, I'm just going to go to my physician and be like, so what do you think about all this stuff? Have you have you heard anything? No, nah, cool. All right, whatever. There it is. Here we go. Spotify did not respond to a request for comment about Rogan's recent episode. Rogan, who was speaking with comedian Dave Smith on the episode, said his children both got COVID-19 but had minor symptoms. He said, I hate to say that if someone's children died from this, I'm very sorry that happened. I'm not in any way diminishing that. But I'm saying the personal experience that my children have with COVID was nothing. As Rogan acknowledged, children are not immune to COVID-19. In fact, more younger people are getting hospitalized as new variants emerge. And even if a healthy young person were to get the virus and experience minor symptoms, they still, they still risk spreading the disease. Okay. Tech platforms have, have taken direct action against vaccine misinformation. Both Facebook and Twitter have removed false claims about COVID-19 vaccines. Spotify as well has removed misleading content, including a podcast in March. A Spotify spokesperson said at the time, Spotify prohibits content on the platform which promotes dangerous, false, deceptive, or misleading content about COVID-19 that may cause offline harm and or pose a direct threat to public health. So Fauci's coming in on this one. But let me me just stress my position on this. I understand in many other circumstances, someone might give their, their opinion on a medical circumstance. Considering the severity of the political atmosphere, as well as the threat that COVID faces. I don't think I should be playing any games. And that's why I say so often, like, I'm not going to comment or let's just leave this one to the doctors because I it's being weaponized across the board. I mean, look at what's going on. They're trying to get Joe Rogan banned. That's the the severity of this issue is I'll tell you this. You come out to uh, West Virginia and nobody's following CDC guidelines for for whatever reason. It just doesn't exist here. So it's really weird to me because that's why I said it feels like the news is very centered around urban centers. I'm not telling you you should or shouldn't do anything, literally saying talk to your doctor, but it's a very different world. And I look at these two worlds, right? So I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big proponent of the Second Amendment, as most of you know now. And I lived in cities and I see the, the anti-gun people and I, I moved to Miami and I see the reason for owning guns because I lived in the Redlands. I lived in middle of, you know, kind of big, open, empty spaces and I see the narratives. And I'm trying to tr- tr- figure out, like, okay, how do we navigate this space? Right now, it is—you you, you have got an absolutely psychotic digital media apparatus, mainstream media apparatus, just willing to, at any moment, take anybody off unless—like, they, they demand fear-mongering. They absolutely demand fear-mongering. I'm not going to play that game, but I'm also not going to— open up the real risk of telling someone to do something when I don't know, I don't know anything about this stuff. Well, here's, here's where Fauci chimes in. You know, notably, I'm not a fan. The Hill reports, Anthony Fauci, the nation's leading infectious disease doctor, early Wednesday, shot down recent comments from Joe Rogan after the popular podcaster suggested young, healthy Americans do not need to be vaccinated against the, the coronavirus. Speaking to NBC's Today show, Fauci called Rogan's comments incorrect. He said, you're talking about yourself in a vacuum. Fauci said to the podcast host, you're worried about yourself and the likelihood and that you're not going to get any symptoms, but you can get infected and will get infected if you put yourself at risk. Fauci also said there are still cases of asymptomatic people infected with coronavirus inadvertently and innocently spreading the disease, saying, so if you want to only worry about yourself and not society, then that's okay. But if you're saying to yourself, even if I get infected, I could do damage. Fauci is saying this. To someone else, even if I don't have any symptoms, that's the reason you have to be very careful. When asked directly if young, healthy people should get vaccinated, Fauci replied, absolutely. Fauci is not your doctor. And I think this is dangerous as well. I have food allergies, uh, a, a, a one in particular. And I was, and I was told in, in, in all of these different circumstances and the guidelines were to be careful and maybe wait. They do this for all vaccines. It's not a big deal. And I live in the middle of nowhere right? So I'm not going into big cities, but I get it. It's entirely up to you and what your doctor thinks is right for you. But to me, it's, it's, a, it's a problem when Donald Trump comes out and talks about hydroxychloroquine or whatever. And then they're saying, oh, you know, you can't say this. You can't give medical advice. I get it. Look, Dr. Fauci's literally a doctor. I don't think he's practicing or has been for a long time. But I don't like the idea that a guy on TV is going to come out and tell you what you should do before you have a chance to talk to your own physician about what you should do. It, it, it annoys me because you have these stupid commercials where it's like, is Pheletronon right for you? Call your doctor. Even they say, call your doctor. They don't even tell you what the medicine's for. Now you get people mad that Joe Rogan saying what you should do. Well, okay, Joe's not a doctor, but I'm supposed to take advice from Dr. Fauci who doesn't know me or my medical history. They were saying for a long time, pregnant women shouldn't get the vaccine. I don't know what the, the guideline is right now. Talk to your doctor. Don't talk to Anthony Fauci. This is what bothers me. They treat him like what he's saying is gospel. When the dude flip-flopped on masks before and then came out later saying they just wanted to make sure that people, that medical professionals were getting their masks. Okay, the CDC has unveiled new mask guidelines for fully vaccinated Americans. Check out the guidelines. You know, you gotta gotta talk to your doctor. I don't live in a big city. I left the Philadelphia area. But I was surprised to find out I didn't know this because I, I I'm looking at a mountain right now, like right past, I'm looking at a camera on the other side of the camera mountain. So people out here don't wear masks outside and no one tells you you have to. The guidelines that we have at the very least, what they're telling us is that just indoors. And I guess it's because people are out in the middle of nowhere. But the CDC guidelines is saying that they have, they have new guidance for fully vaccinated Americans. OK, The CDC guidelines are going to go down to your local doctors, and that's where it really matters because different areas experience different things. There's going to be outbreaks in certain areas, and it's it's like why why would I? You get the point. I want to stress something. There's a lot of people who are fed up with what's going on with with COVID. They're fed up with the pandemic and the lockdown, and I've long maintained that I don't think the lockdowns were done appropriately. I don't think our response to this was 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 done proper was, was done well. I think uh, it, it's hard to know exactly what we should have done, you know, considering there's no control group. So I think we did the best we could which is why I'm not going to condemn or condone for the most part what Trump did, though uh, it's also surprising to me that Donald Trump was the ma- was the mastermind behind Operation Warp Speed to get these vaccines out to the public. And now we're in this Wally world where it, it, everything's inverted and the media is supporting Trump, but not wanting to admit that Trump was the one behind this. And then you have, you have a lot of Trump supporters, not not all of them, who are absolutely like, oh, I'm not going anywhere near this stuff. Tons of the guests on my Tim IRL show have had the vaccine. No one. And then they're all like, it's fine. No problems. Look at what's going on in India. CNN reports China offered COVID aid to India while U.S. dragged its feet, but Delhi isn't that keen. I'm not going to get into the big details about this specific story. I just pulled this up to highlight that India is going through a very serious spike in, in COVID. And there are some really horrifying videos coming out of India. People are getting sick. I hope you all realize this. This is something very important. It we, we're sitting in our homes and now because it's been a year, we're not seeing, you know, uh, um, freezer trucks and we're not seeing bodies being taken away. And what happens every single time is that people get jaded. They, they get cynical or they get they, they, they get desensitized and they assume everything's fine. You know, what it reminds me of it's like there's an episode of The Simpsons where there's a hurricane and then all of a sudden, everything calms down and gets nice. And Homer's like, hey, you know, everything's like, okay. And he goes outside and Lisa's like, no, it's the eye of the storm. Don't go out. It's not actually over yet. You're just not in the heavy wind part, which is going to hit really soon. What I'm trying to say is, I'm not saying the response the U.S. did was perfect. We, ext- we-, we caused extreme damage to our economy. There's probably better things we should have done. I've long advocated for a surgical approach of protecting the elderly, the vulnerable, and keeping our small businesses open. And younger people who are less susceptible being able to go out. Vaccines are an entirely different subject matter. You should talk to your doctor about that. Like I'll say it for the 8,000th time. What I'm trying to say is we don't know the degree to which how, how bad it would have been. We don't know the degree to how bad it could be if we change things. And that makes it very, very difficult to navigate. Now, listen. You're going to get people in the mainstream media telling you to hide under your, under your covers and scream and cry. And they're going to show you all the most shocking and outrageous stories to make you panic. And that could be the case in many, in many circumstances with India. But we are getting official reporting out of India that there is a major spike and people are dying. Then you're going to get people who are going to try and tell you it's a conspiracy. Look, I can't tell you what is true because I'm not omniscient. I can just tell you that we want to assess the situation, remain calm and approach it logically, which is. The media often lies. They try to freak you out. A bunch of strangers on the Internet ain't no uh, better than any of the mainstream media trying to freak you out because these people, wh- who are they? They're not experts either. There have been many ex- experts who have been excommunicated for their opinions on the matter. And you've got to choose who you trust. We all do. And that's why I say the best thing you can do is talk to your local doctor. I think it's the smartest approach. What I'm trying to say is, as I guess you can call it, I, I don't think it's fair to call it milk toast because I'm actually quite agitated on this one. We don't know. We don't know how bad it could be. How bad it may not have been. We don't. We don't have a control Earth where we can track these things. We do know that it is. It is bad. We do know that there has been a lot of people who have died. We do know that there have been failures at the highest levels of government, including Fauci's. You know, flip-flopping. We do know that the media has withheld stories because they hated Trump. Just because you have politicking doesn't mean there isn't something serious happening. At this point, I don't even think anyone cares to talk about these issues. I don't know. I I'm, I'm I I didn't even want to talk about this, but I figured I should because it's kind of like pent up anger. Everyone needs to be stopped. Everyone needs to stop being so sure of themselves. As the saying goes, who was this who, who, who said this? Was it Bukowski or something that? The, 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 the ignorant are confident, but the, the smart are so full of doubt. I'm full of doubt about everything. That's why I'm like, man, I defer to the experts. There are certain people who have proven that you probably shouldn't listen to them. People peering on TV and telling you things. When they say one thing and then a month later say the other, yeah, you probably shouldn't listen to that person. But please keep your doubts. Don't just blindly believe things. Use reason. You know, use what your eyes and ears tell you. Think for yourself and then ask experts, not the TV people, literal experts. OK, I think I beat the dead horse to the point where it's a it's a it's, it's, it's a pulp. I'm done. Thanks for hanging out. I'll see y'all at one p.m. on this channel. And uh, yeah, whatever. We like to talk about projection from the establishment and the left that they often accuse others of that which they are guilty, notably You'll get a bunch of these people on the woke left who say that they, in fact, are racists and then accuse you of being a racist when you're actually not racist. You'll get a book like White Fragility, where this woman, Robin DiAngelo, outright says she is a racist. And then the woke left are like, that's the person I'm going to follow, which seems to make no sense. And now we get CNN. CNN Business has launched an internal investigation into the treatment of female employees. Now, my friends, I'm a rational individual. I believe most of you are rational individuals. So I'll just say this, an investigation into their treatment of female employees should be viewed as a good thing, because it shows that CNN actually cares. They don't want to be mistreating female employees, so they're going to preempt any potential accusations and just make sure they're doing the right thing. However, that's not not how it works in the world of woke. In the world of woke, the way it works is that you're guilty until proven innocent, and that any attempt at expressing remorse or concern is proof of guilt. Wokeness is destroying the media. People are losing their their minds. And because of the laziness of most of these news outlets, we're just getting Twitter articles. Twitter articles all day and night. Now, Now, my friends, Twitter articles aren't that big of a deal in my opinion, right? So some personality will make a statement on Twitter. And it's newsworthy because back in the day, we cared when someone of consequence would say something. Though they wouldn't say it all that often, you'd have to get the quote somewhere, publish in a paper, and then maybe get a controversy. Now anyone can just say anything on social media, and thus news outlets like CNN and others will write garbage articles about it. Case in point, the segment I just did previously about Joe Rogan, it's like a 10-second clip from like a two-hour, two- or three-hour podcast, and it becomes major national news. Should it be? I don't even know at this point. I just know it's all hypocrisy and that media in this country is on fire and probably just a burnt, withered husk of charcoal at this point. But hey, so be it. I want to, show, I want to talk to you about CNN, but I'm going to give you a, 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 a little, little preview to what we're going to get into in this segment, because it's not just about CNNs investigating themselves for the mistreatment of female employees. I had this article from Mediaite, an opinion piece. This week showed an obsession with popularity and fear of the woke mob is killing journalism. That's right. But it's doing more than that. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you this article from the Daily Mail. Jeopardy contestant, who some viewers thought was making a white supremacy OK sign, says he was simply showing how many times he won. Oh, geez. This is what you get. What do we do? I don't know. Ban Twitter outright. Uh, Shut down CNN. You can't do that. I mean, People are allowed to run their businesses, even if they're morons. But this is what happens. And it's mostly CNN's fault. You know, these mainstream news outlets were so desperate for ratings, they chased the woke mob and they decided to shift from doing real news, which was never really that lucrative to just doing pandering rage bait trash. So now this is the news you get. The reason why I highlight the Jeopardy thing in the context of CNN is that CNN launching this internal investigation is is an admission of guilt to the woke left. The reason we have a story about the Jeopardy guy is because of outlets like CNN taking clearly bunk garbage stories and rumor from 4chan, turning turning it into news, and now convincing people all all over the country the OK sign actually means white supremacy or something dumb. Great. Thanks, CNN, and thank you to the mainstream media. I don't want to single out CNN in this one. It was a variety of mainstream media news sources. I think the hilarious thing is that one of the the, uh, outlets that propagated the OK sign myth was Fusion, for which I had once worked, and they're defunct now, and their trash lies persist, making everybody stupider. Great. Well, here's a story from Insider. CNN Business has launched an internal investigation into the treatment of female employees, they say. The investigation was prompted by the February departure of Annalyn Kurtz, a senior editor in the roughly 60-person newsroom, two of the people said. CNN Business houses the cable network's digital coverage of markets, technology, and media. Media, huh? Isn't that uh, Brian Stelter? Hmm. The work environment assessment, as the inquiry is being called internally, is being conducted by HR employees at CNN's parent company, AT&T's Warner Media, a $34 billion business including the Warner Bros. film studio, Turner Sports and HBO. CNN's HR and communications department folded into Warner Media as part of reorganization last year. Reorganization basically means they're shrinking. CNN's probably in serious trouble. A CNN spokesperson declined to comment. The assessment appears to be focused on workplace culture, not the behavior of an individual, according to two of the sources. Quote I found there to be a lack of transparency in how to get promoted or how to appear on TV, said one, a female staffer. I get the feeling the company wants to keep as many people as possible at a low pay grade or stay in a certain box, and that has led to women not being supported. I love that leap in logic. People aren't getting. (laughs) Businesses don't want to pay people more money, so they hate women. CNN, you reap what you have sown. I'm loving it. There's a funny tweet going viral where some dude with a Nazi haircut says that not talking about politics is a great way to get Nazis in the workplace. The reason I say Nazi haircut is because the media once claimed that if you like shave the sides of your head, that you're apparently a Nazi or whatever. Sure, fine. Well, this guy has that haircut. And he says, not talking about politics is a good way to get Nazis in the workplace. You know what, dude? Not talking about politics with your employees is a good way to get any zealot extremist in the workplace, notably these people. The problem for CNN and many other outlets, they encourage this. They go to people and like, this is what we want to do. This is what we want. This is good. And, And I love it. They're now going to be eaten alive from the inside out. You see, CNN, in their desperate attempt to stay afloat, pandering to the woke mob, pushing out ridiculous garbage stories attracted a certain kind of individual woke zealots and narcissists, people of no skill or merit who demand to be on TV. I couldn't figure out how to get a raise or go on TV. CNN hates women. Excellent logic there. But what do you think is going to happen when you encourage this garbage article nonsense and you hire these people? I love it. It's like the Teen Vogue thing. Remember that? So this woman works for—I think she was working for Axios. I remember where she worked. But uh, uh, she was basically an unethical journalist who was like dating the guy in the Biden administration. She was supposed to be covering them, and you know, whatever. She tries to get a job at Teen Vogue. Unfortunately for her, like ten years ago, she made insensitive tweets. So the woke mob at Teen Vogue campaigned to get her fired. And then she got fired. I don't actually, I don't even know if she even got hired. They blocked her from getting hired. Teen Vogue ended up losing like a, a seven figure ad deal because of it. Teen Vogue, you hired cultists. What makes you think you will be immune from them taking over your business? It's great. You will now be eaten alive from the inside out. Sorry, CNN. I'm not going to shed a tear for you. They're going to say CNN business is led by general manager Jason Farkas who has six direct reports, three men uh, and three women, according to a person familiar with the organization structure. The department is part of CNN Digital, which is run by senior vice president Meredith Artley, who reports to Andrew Morris, the chief. I don't care about that. At a CNN business ask me anything call on April 20th, Artley referred to the HR assessment, saying it was ongoing, according to a person on the call. Formerly known as CNN Money, CNN business rebranded in 2018 with a greater focus on Silicon Valley and the intersection of politics, media, and tech intersection. I'll tell you this. It may be that CNN is getting eaten alive from the inside out. But this internal review might actually just be an internal inquisition led by the cultists that CNN hired. You let a wolf in the hen house. They won't care, though. CNN never really was all that great anyway, but Imagine being a skin suit of a skin suit of a news organization. That's basically CNN at this point. they go going to say, the findings of the assessment and what, if any, action CNN might take remain unclear. In some cases, media organizations like NPR and CBS have turned to outside law firms to independently investigate serious workplace issues. The internal review came just as former CNN anchor Brooke Baldwin, who left the network this month, discussed the environment within CNN's television unit in a podcast interview with Ms. Magazine saying that the most influential and powerful anchors and executives at the network are men. Why is that a surprise to anyone? I'm going to say something controversial, but shouldn't be controversial. There's something known as the greater male variability hypothesis. It's a hypothesis, not even a theory. But what this means is that there is a general idea, which may or may not be true, again, hypothesis, That the bell curve for men in terms of talent and ability is wider and more uh, uh, varying than women. That means that if you have 100 men and 100 women, you're going to have 20 really dumb guys. You're going to have 20 really smart guys and 60 average guys. For women, you'll have five, you know, let's say five uh, really dumb women, five really smart women and 90 average women. That means there is a greater likelihood that top level positions will go to men, period. Assuming the hypothesis is true. More importantly, by all means, call out that the people at the top of the network are men. But have you considered just, I don't know, like trying to get the job? I won't stand for the excuse that sexism or racism or whatever holds people back, because if that is a consideration, then it should be just part of your plan. I don't see a circumstance in which you come out and say, I demand the entire company change its structure because I couldn't figure out how to actually gain power within this institution. Now, some of the left will argue it's impossible to do so if they're racist or sexist, and I just don't think that's true. I think there are ways to do it. And I guess, you know what, I'll tell you this. Maybe forcing CNN to do an internal audit of how they treat women is the only way to get it done. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 is a great thing. I'm very uh, uh, proud of America's accomplishments in this regard and how it helped my family. But it also means there's a vulnerability, a weakness. If you can be accused of breaking the law in some nebulous way that's hard to prove, your company will be, you know, it'll cost you money and it'll be very difficult for you to deal with. So now people have, sa- have found that easy vector towards gaining power, accusing a company of being racist bigots. And there you go. Which brings me to Mediaite. This week showed an obsession with popularity and fear of the woke mob is killing journalism and society. Now, I briefly mentioned the Jeopardy thing, but this exemplifies everything about that article. This, this, this guy held up three fingers like, like a three-pointer thing, right? Not the OK sign. He didn't flash the OK sign. He did it because he had won three times and he was going for a fourth. In the first one, when he won, he held up a one, then he held up a two, then he held up a three. He didn't hold up the right three, however, so they accused him of being a white supremacist. He had to issue a statement saying, no, 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 I'm not. I'm sorry. There you go. The obsession with the popularity, fear of the woke mob, it is destroying everything. Here's, this is from John Ziegler from mediaites writing, The argument that journalism, defined as an unbiased reporting of truth, is effectively dead in the mainstream news media is now so strong that it is barely even worth bothering to make. However, the how and why of this devastating development are still very much in need of examination, and this week provided particular insight into a critical aspect of this conundrum. The actual truth of a controversial topic is almost never clear-cut and is very often not nearly as popular as a contrived narrative that appeals to the natural human desire to feel better about ourselves and our prior beliefs. Therefore, for real journalism to survive, those reporting on events must be willing and able to endure criticism and even risk getting fired for expressing facts and perspectives which do not necessarily appeal to the natural inclination of their audience. My friends, I get a lot of people on the left, they say, Tim's a grifter. And you've probably heard me bring that up from time to time. And I love it. I did not seek out an audience of anybody. I didn't write down on a piece of paper, who's our audience? I want to make content targeting this group. I just make videos talking about my feelings from my room. Okay, to be fair, I'm in a big studio at this point because business is a booming. But what you need to understand is there are some people who see a crowd, be it leftist or, or, or Trump supporters. They'll walk up and start yelling things to rally the crowd to look at them. What I did was I found a soapbox, stood on it, started yelling stuff people started crowding around and saying, hey, I really like what this guy in this soapbox is saying. And then some other guy with a really big soapbox, Joe Rogan, you know, has me on and I helps me get a bunch of followers. Then I went on Steven Crowder's show. I went on Jimmy Dore's show. All of these things helped to make my channel grow. But it really is just I've been standing here for some time speaking and people choose to come to me. Sometimes I'll then say something and the person will go, bah, and they'll walk away. Someone else will come up. And you you can't really track your audience. This idea that people are doing things, for the most part, to pander to an audience is not true of most individuals, though it is true of some, but it's mostly true of corporations because corporations have more than one person at their company, like CNN. So CNN probably has an internal marketing department, says we need everyone to adhere to a certain point of view. That's the grift, the corporations, sometimes the individuals, but typically not. They say... For several reasons, mostly related to fundamental changes in technology, over the past generation, the desire of those reporting and commenting on the news to fulfill this requirement has melted away like a wax candle in a blast furnace. In short, massive media fragmentation has caused new outlets to devolve from broadcasting to narrow casting to cult casting, and are now even heading towards a narrow cult casting business model. That's right. There are people who have become millionaires by making one kind of content. There are people who are millionaires because all they do is aggregate police brutality videos. Imagine living in a world where your news is nothing but watching cops brutally and mercilessly beat people. You'd think police were an evil organization go around hunting people. You'd believe crazy things, and many people do. Ziegler goes on to say, in other words, almost all media now is about preaching to a carefully chosen choir while making sure that nothing happens which might make them question their religion and consequently find a new cult leader to follow. With everyone in the media obsessed with TV ratings, traffic numbers, and Twitter followers, it cannot be overstated how much influence that has over what is allowed to be said. And just as importantly, how the fear of being attacked and canceled, especially on social media, prevents unpopular views from ever being expressed on major outlets. That's true. I want you all to watch other channels. I want everybody who's a subscriber to my channel to watch Steven Crowder, Jimmy Dore, David Packman, Kyle Kalinski, Crystal Ball, left and right. Don't just take my word for it because I can only see so much. You need to find your sources and you know, figure out who you trust and it's very very difficult. Perhaps many of you just think I'm the best there is. And perhaps many of you think I'm pretty bad, but worth watching anyway. But you've got to have a different set of views. You've got to, you, I, I mean, what I mean to say is you've got to view different sets of views, different points of views from other people. So I don't want a cult network of people who, who only believe me. And I got to be honest, I just happen to be lucky. You know why? It just so happens that my opinions as a milk toast moderate fence sitter are mostly not bannable. Many of them are, and that's why we set up timcast.com and have the members-only section, so we can do things that YouTube doesn't want us to do. And I think that that it's er- the, the 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 island we're on. The cliffs are eroding, and eventually, you know, they'll try and ban me because my opinions will eventually become bad as well. So we got to build our own networks. For the time being, there are well, I should say there are a lot of people who have already been banned. And many of them thought their opinions were fairly mainstream conservative. There are people who have been banned for talking about things related to COVID, even when there are studies backing up what they say. Steven Crowder had a video taken down. They said it was for COVID misinformation when he was literally citing CDC statistics. I run the risk every day as well. So I think there are people on YouTube and good people who are going to say what needs to be said and say what their opinions are and attract people to those opinions. It's the corporate press. CNN, the New York Times, the Washington Post, who are desperate to maintain some kind of cohesive narrative so they can sell things to people. That's what you got to be careful of. He goes on to say the three topics on which this is a sad reality has been the most uh, that that has been the uh, that this has been the most obvious are race, our reaction to covid and our views of Donald Trump. The past week provided voluminous evidence of that. Even as NBC News anchorman Lester Holt recently bragged only one strategically crafted side of the story is now all that is incentivized. Obviously, the biggest story of the week was the conviction on all counts of former police officer Derek Chauvin in the, in the trial of George Floyd. Despite the evidence for second-degree murder and that Chauvin's motivation was inherently racist, being exceedingly weak, in my opinion, even the prosecution thought it was a third-degree murder case, based on the vast majority of one-sided media coverage of this tragedy, you would have thought anything less than a conviction on all counts would somehow be the equivalent of an endorsement of slavery. To simplify... It's an excellent point. The media was only giving one side of the narrative because they're scared of the woke mob uh, and the cult has taken over. I hope you're paying attention. What we're seeing at CNN isn't some review, in my opinion. It's an inquisition. They're going to start ripping through CNN and purging the non-believers who happen to be men. For the most part, that's what's happening. CNN, you reap what you have sown. The cult is gaining control of many, our cultural, many of our cultural institutions and now our judicial institutions. The trial of Derek Chauvin was anything but a fair trial. The judge said that there's no venue where the jurors will be able to escape the, the riots and the press. Okay, if that's the case, then it should be said the charges should be dismissed with prejudice. That's what uh, Andrew Branca said on the IRL show last night on Tip Guest IRL. Perhaps we need a constitutional amendment that says if at any point a judge declares a change of venue will not give the, the, the accused a fair trial, the charges must be dismissed outright and with prejudice, meaning they can't be brought back up. I think I'm pretty sure that's what it means. Otherwise, we just say you can't have a fair trial, so you don't get one to prison with ye. No, we can't function that way. But I guess the more I see these stories, the more I just think, you know what? Perhaps we're all we're all losing. It's a great it's a great article. And he ends by saying emblematic of this increasingly upside down world. One of the safest bets around is that if the goodness or trueness of something is based primarily on its perceived popularity, then it is very likely that it very likely is actually not good or true at all. This is especially the case when people are terrified to provide an alternative perspective, as is now happening on an all too regular basis. Journalism's dead. It's not like CNN was the bastion of great journalism, but, you know, The cult is ripping through their organization, and we'll see how that ends up. It's already happened to the New York Times, and it probably happened to CNN a while ago, but now it's just going to get worse. And the stories are creepy. The judicial system is broken, as we've seen with the the Chauvin trial. What makes you think you'll get a fair trial? What makes you think any of these other cops will get a fair trial? What makes you think the system is working at this point? They're breaking it on purpose because they've always hated it. It's still one of the best systems in the world. So what they're doing is a kind of black propaganda. Make people fear the system so that everyone loses confidence in it. See the woke left already had no confidence in the system, be it the judicial system or, you know, the establishment, the the fourth estate, the press. So they're 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 saying now, how do we destroy everything to rebuild our utopia? Now we need to go after everyone else's confidence. Now we just actually destroy these things and they have no faith in it. And thus things will just get worse. But hey, at least we have we can look forward to the absurdity that is these news organizations eating themselves alive. There may be a little bit of schadenfreude, but uh, in the end, we'll all suffer because of it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then.